Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Chad Friend. Uh, welcome to the Rawcast. Uh, this beautiful, funnily enough, it's actually Monday, the 4th of November 2013. I'm not sure when we're going to be getting that to air, but we've gone and recorded it a day early. Um, as always, I'm joined on my left by Adam Coleman. Good afternoon. And always on my right, I'm uh, Daveless. Yeah. Not there. Sorry yeah, about so, that, so, guys. So, you... so for once, we're in a day-free zone. Yeah, there you go. Brilliant, so, fantastic, so yeah. So check out this. There you go. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, though. Dave's feeling a little bit hoarse today. I don't think it was from post-match yesterday, I think. I, I, I almost hope it was. I think, yeah, I hope it was as well. <laughs> otherwise, he just didn't party hard showing, enough. Showing good form, yes, otherwise yeah. you feel like me today. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there we go. So we've got the two-man raw cast panel today, and why don't we kick off as we usually do in true raw cast fashion with the review. Yep. There we go. We won. Three zip. Thank God. How do you like it? <laughs> I liked it very much. It's very so good. Did I. Fantastic. <laughs> I tell you what, we beat uh, Melbourne Hearts 3 0 in what I want to say was a pretty crappy kind of performance. Um, it yep. was deaf, certainly, for the first 45. Anyway, what's your take on that? Uh, definitely uh, a match of two halves. That first half, um, if it was a boxing match, I think Melbourne would have won that first half on points. Yeah. They created a lot of chances and a lot of good shots, and they really had a match. We would have been knocked down at least three to four times. If anyone mm. out there, and we might actually impose a, a uh, what's the word highlight reel over this section here. Mm. Um, but if you actually have a look at, at kind of the highlights, the first twenty to thirty minutes are all Melbourne Heart yeah. highlights and spot kicks. and Yeah, and, and a lot of Ian Ramsey highlights. I thought he played yes. very well up front for Melbourne Heart. He's been a good yeah. little acquisition for them. So, yeah, as you said, the first half was definitely Melbourne Heart trying to uh, impose themselves. I think had Melbourne perhaps gotten that opening goal, and they did go very close, I think two or three shots almost grazed the upright. Mm. Um, it could have changed the complexion of the game, but I certainly felt going into halftime at nil all, it was very precarious. Yep. And it just, you just had that sickening feeling, was this going to be the kind of 1-0 <laughs> loss we've had? It was had. very much like a Melbourne, like Melbourne victory from the, from the, the week Food previous. Four, yeah. Um, I guess insofar in the fact that just a wayward goal would, would set would make, would make all the difference, yeah. yeah. basically, yeah. But it's good to see that that didn't happen. Yeah, no, the second half we just seemed to come out, um, a lot sharper, different, um, I mean, there was really nothing that had to be done as far as substitutions that really made the difference. It was just uh, players sort of stepping up, keeping up the system that they want. Yeah. And three minutes after the the restart on Rico with the opening goal. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And Matty Smith went into the change room looking pretty pretty fired up. And uh, and I would suggest that uh, Mike Mulvey's obviously thrown a, a rocket up. Rocket up everyone in the change room because they came back and they played like the raw that we know, albeit slightly damaged goods at the moment. Yeah. Um, but but they they played pretty well in the second half. Obviously, scoring three goals in forty five minutes is is no slouch. Yeah, and um, and certainly from um, the heart perspective, they didn't really seem to offer any substitutions that Lee came back they, short yeah, of could. maybe Mabratu yeah. and not then well much. yeah well that's the thing is that the only shining light for Melbourne Heart yesterday was number one their very good pressure and and, and play mm. um, in the first 20 minutes and uh, Ian Ramsey 
Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, no cure, um, which is a very bizarre situation. A very bizarre situation. Yeah, it's already sort of turning into a bit of a wary uh, signing for Melbourne Heart. Yeah. Um, but again, you look at the squad that Melbourne Heart's got. They've got a couple of really good experienced pieces in that team. Mm-hmm. And a couple of very exciting players. Like, for them to get Azic Bejic back from Europe is a bit of a bonus. Well, that's the thing. I look at Mate Duganzic. I look at Aziz Bejic. I look at Patrick Gerhardt. I look at I look at David Williams was totally absent yesterday. Like, what yeah. was he doing? He didn't own his paycheck yesterday. You know, I look he was at... Just nullified, uh, he was nullified very well. Yeah, yeah. Mifsud um, as well. He's... Um, I, I he thought he's... old. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Mifsud is a Maltese international, yeah. played with Steph at uh, Lilstrom. He also played at Coventry City. Yep. So uh, he's certainly well-versed on the European stage. Yeah. Um, a good little import signing for Melbourne Heart. Um, I think during the season he'll, he'll get a couple of goals. Maybe he'll be like a Patrick Verm, yep. like they had um, last year. But yeah, Melbourne Heart, you just get this feeling at the moment. Uh, okay, simple questions up front. I don't think Melbourne Heart are a top six team. I think they've proven the first four weeks. That's pretty obvious. I know. (laughs) And that's the thing, that's a very concerning thing for Sean Aloisi, is that the the Sharks are going to circle, and now with uh, Jean-Pain Chip as their academy director, or technical director, or whatever that's... Mm. That's, that's worrying signs. But I tell you what, this is... Coaching training. <laughs> yeah, that's it. This isn't the heart cast. This is the raw cast. Mm. So let's talk about our side. Mm. Who, for your money, was the man of the match? Mackay was named as official man of the match. What about the Adam Coleman MOTM? Ooh, Mackay definitely had a good game. Um, I thought Corey Brown had a pretty good match. Um, mm. There were just moments when he was called upon to sort of see what he could do. But the one player that impressed me, and this might lead into one of our discussions a little later, um, Dimitri Petrados off the bench. Okay. I've really been impressed with what he's brought so far. Yep. Um, you can tell he, he's learnt a lot from being in that Sydney system last year under Farina. Uh, I believe he was actually taken under ADP's wing. Okay. Um, uh, Alessandro wanting to pass on a bit of that knowledge to a young talent. No, I'm really impressed when when Petratus comes onto the field. He seems comfortable making his own run, his own shot. He's just more of a loose cannon. Yep. But overall, um, just a good, solid team performance. Yep. Good to watch. Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, I would have to say a very notable absence from the few players that you just ran through there is my man of the the match and one of my all-time favourite raw players, Bulquinho. Slippery oh fish. yes, yes. Enrique <laughs> slotted two in, and you know, and everyone was on Enrique's back on the Raw forum and on our and Facebook social, page and social media and in general. You and all of that. Oh, Enrique, he ain't shit. He ain't this. He ain't that. Mm. Well, yeah. Enrique is yeah, sell him, get on, rid of him. Enrique is really, you know, stepped up, you know, and it and it, it was interesting to see Mulvey went with the same combination. Um, that he did from the Melbourne Victory game with Yaboa yeah. being... He was the central striker in that first half, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. And then after the break, there was a swap between Enrique and... And, and Enrique was put more and, in a central position, that, yeah, yeah. he was putting more in the central position and he took care of business. Mm, exactly, yeah. Um, certainly Enrique's quick... If you think about the goals that Enrique got, they yeah. were very bizarre tap-in goals. Yeah. Good, good position, quick timing, that yeah. ability to be 
you know, online with with your central defenders and to be able to quickly react yep. when the play comes to your advantage. Yep, yep, so absolutely. Good opportunist. I think uh, all of our goals, with the except, uh, well, I'm going to say all of our goals. So the Enrique goals plus. <laughs> Plus Matty Smith. Matty Smith, yeah, wasn't. Oh, it's was kind of a bit of a tap. Yeah, it was a tap in, I guess mm. you'd say. It was a cross. It was. It was classic Brisbane. It was. Uh, it was a low cross that reached the far man at the post. Just happened to be a defender. Yeah. And just straight in. And that's it. Yeah. Put three past Red as Bourbon. Mm. Again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Lismore all over again, except minus the, uh, the the six hour bus trip there and back. Yeah, and uh, Patrick Engler still has a broken leg as well. Still. So, yeah. <laughs> And Patrick, Mer- Patrick Orlando, Orlando Engelar, yeah. his name. Yep. There you go. Um, I don't know. Is there much really else to talk about? The well, there's the interesting or? note that, that Dave wrote down for our notes this evening, and it's already been talked about a lot on social media. Yep. In the ninth minute, Mackay called offside from a throw-in. Ah. Fantastic use of the rules there, Lucien Lefeder, the uh, referee from yesterday's there, yeah, game. It wasn't Andrew Lindsay that did it. What, it was it? Or was it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Andrew was one of the linesmen, but I don't oh, I don't know after double check the replays. Um, what I would probably say as well, further from that, there's a bit of a conjecture over whether or not Ricky was offside for the second goal, was it? Which I don't think is the case. I, uh, no, well, I think as someone sort of said, um, you know, his feet sort of seemed to place him in line or just behind his defender, like maybe the top of his body was in front. But under the letter of the law, he was onside. Mm. He, he definitely left it very fine. It was very precise positioning and it certainly uh, worked to our favour. Yep, there you go. Yeah, it's close enough anyway. Mm. I mean, you know, sometimes you need to let those things go. Um, It's easy for us to say. Yeah, exactly. When it's not us getting those goals. (laughs) Us being the armchair critics here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so there you go. And so I guess the Yeboah versus Enrique debate from last week... Um, we had a bit more of a, a chat about that just then, but mm. just to bring up some stats here, Yeboah, three games, 208 minutes, and only two shots. In total. That's, that's, that's crazy, two shots. Yeah, I mean, a lot of um, importance has been placed on Yeboah, obviously in Bess's absence, and Mulvey wants to develop his sort of, his front line. He doesn't, he realises that he can't expect the production from Bess. Even though, you know, Bess being a very competitive guy, you know, if he wants 14 goals, he'll go out and get them. Yeah. I suppose it was also done as a counterpoint as to what production we'd get from Enrique. Yeah. But, and look, it's certainly not a, a slight on Yeboah. I think he's certainly got great potential down the track. He's only 19, 20 years old. It's a big call in any league to say, look, we want you to lead our, our front line and try and score goals. Yeah, especially in where he's expected to deliver. I mean, he And especially be playing behind, you know, a golden boot guy like, like Bess. Yeah, yeah. And just so far, you know, statistically, we just haven't really seen that. Even when he's sort of on the field, he's just... You, you just get the feeling with Yavoa, give him, say, a year or two, give him certainly these experiences of getting senior game time... And he has the potential to be a great forward for us. But right now, at the start of the season, where we mm. perhaps need to get these points, you know, would I continue along with him as a starter? Possibly not. But then yeah. there's also that risk of, you know, do we feel comfortable having Enrique play, you know, a 70, 80 minute game? You know, what is the best way to use your bowler? And keep in mind, we've got Julius Davies yep. sitting in the youth team. You know, yep. there's a few pieces sitting just off in the distance to yep. sort of see how we use them. And hopefully Bess will come back 
not this week against the Mariners, mm, but next the week, week after against Newcastle. Yeah, and more importantly, hopefully Best comes back at 100% strength. Mm. Um, obviously, you, know, you only have to go back two years when he had the problems with the injuries. What was it last year? It was last year that he drank his herbal tea from the Balkans. That's right. Uh, his so. fame tea, yeah. So hopefully we don't have the situation like happened uh, <laughs> after the 36-game streak got snapped and so did uh, Bess's, whatever it was, his hammy at that point. Yeah. So Was it a hamstring? Is it a recurrence of that injury? Because to be honest I'm, with you, I'm my memory sure. of, of that kind of period is a little bit um, hazy. Yeah, I can't remember. I'll have to sort of do my research to see whether, mm. whether maybe it's the same leg. Um, you know, whether it's, where, whether it is a recurring thing. Mm. Hopefully it's not. Yeah, there we go. So. Um, and that was the game. There's much, not much else to really say to Cheers, Melbourne. No. Cheers. Um, I guess, uh, moving on to the news now. The National Youth League, Brisbane lost to Melbourne Heart 1-2 to with Clut scoring in the 73rd minute for the Brisbane Raw Football Club. And Archibald in the 25th and Garu in the 90th plus four. And from what I've heard, it was literally the last kick of the game. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, Hart, Hart got the goal. Yeah, Hart got the goal. Ball went back to the halfway line. Kick off. Game's done. Yep. So a bit of a heartbreaker for the uh, for the young lads. That's one of those things. And that was at... Um, Goodwin at, Park. At Goodwin Park, home of Brisbane Olympic. Uh, w League season opener this Saturday, the 9th of November, versus Canberra United at AJ Kelly Field. Where's AJ Kelly Field? Uh, it's down Kipper Ring. It's the home field of uh, Peninsula Power. Peninsula Power. Very nice there little uh, local ground, if you fancy the drive down to the bay. Yep, and uh, get the, the Penn Power Lagers. Hopefully they will uh, have that on tap. And uh, good sausage sizzle, no doubt, and canteen. And maybe a meat tray. Maybe a meat tray. You can win a meat tray like me. Mm. Um, 3pm kickoff, that one is. Uh, get a card at the gate and see four W League Raw games for a chance to win a trip to Brazil in 2014. I'm not sure if that's for the World Cup or not. I... I... <laughs> that's that's I, a bit of a joke. I assume it is, but it's just like what a trip to Brazil, twenty fourteen in December. I believe all the, I believe uh, under the technicalities, all they can offer is the trip because obviously they can't offer tickets. tickets. So I suppose the idea is, you know, because uh, that all finishes what around January, February, the W League season when they'd be yeah, doing the draw, it would yeah. give people time if they do want to get tickets to uh, try and obtain some for the World Cup. Yeah. But even still, even if you. Uh, don't wish to go during the World Cup itself. Trip to Brazil's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, that's it. A yeah, lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, 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 my word. Especially as being one of the more kind of uh, higher cost price destinations to get to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Visit South America, folks. Nice place. Um, yes, and so you get the chance to do that, but if you see all six games, then you get two entries. So good incentive to go down there and support the women. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, don't go down there only for competition's sake, but yep. to, to see... Uh, the debut. The, the debut, and arguably the best player Brisbane Raw's ever had, and the best female player in the world. Nadine uh, Ungara. Ungara, German national team uh, goalkeeper. There mm. you go. Um, so, good luck, girls. Um, and I'm sure we'll be back uh, same time, same place next week with the... Review. With the, with the, with the, the scores for that one. Mm. Uh, so, I guess moving on. Central Coast Mariners at Blue Tongue Stadium, 4pm kickoff. That's Brisbane time, which means it's a 5pm local kickoff for New South Wales. Uh, on the 10th of November 2013, it's a return of Danny McBreen from his June days 
with Shanghai East Asia, in which he scored three goals in 13 games. How do you see this one going? Um, well, for me, I think the key is going to be the ret- return of McBreen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a very good loan stint in the Chinese Super League. The fact that you know a 36-year-old can go over, play all the games available to him. He played a lot of full 90-minute games. Um, kept up his 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 um, his health, his form. You just get the feeling Mariners, even though you can see Arnold is trying to diversify their striking stock since they got rid of Rogic, since they got rid of Abini Issei, McBreen really is the talisman for mm. the Mariners. And obviously he's the reigning golden boot. Um, this is going to be a very tough test for us, certainly up there with Melbourne victory. I definitely do believe, though, that the Mariners could be vulnerable. So this is really a tough match for both teams. Especially this will be the first time that we've played the Mariners um, for a long time sans uh, Matt Ryan. Exactly. Um, sans Pedge Bowich, sans Patrick Zvansvike. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell you what, but well, with the addition of, um, what's his name, Marcos Flores as well there. Just changes it as well. Um, two Johnny Warren medalists facing two, off. There you go, two Johnny Warren medalists facing off. And the other thing that I would also point out about that is that uh, Justin Passfield um, had a bit of a doozy on the weekend. Yeah, he certainly conceded two, the second of which was most embarrassing for him. Spectacular. Um, and yeah, the pressure. It's pressure. Especially, especially knowing that if he stuffs up, uh, Liam Reddy gets starting minutes, so that has Ooh. to re- has to fire you up to uh, not yeah, be yeah. terrible. Is Liam Reddy uh, the He's reserve the, keeper yeah. for Central Coast? That's correct. There you go. That moved to uh, Tehran in Ikhran. Mm. Didn't really work out too well for him, did it? No. There you go. Um, so, there's not really a whole much to say about that. We'll be back in a few minutes with uh, predictions mm. um, on that game. But I guess moving on, uh, this is your yeah. section here. Yes. Uh, kind sir. Yes. Uh, sh- shall I? Shall I throw this away? Go for it. Okay. Now, obviously, um, on the on the podcast, as you're listening, we have had since we turned to a three man team that the quick fire five, in which you throw questions at us and ask for our opinions. Um, we've come up with a new segment on the show, which I like to call the rawcast reaction, uh, and that is we pick a topic, maybe one that's been trending over a couple of weeks. Um, we have a bit of a discussion about it. Obviously, it's a bit of a shame that Dave isn't here. would have loved to have heard his input for this. Um, and then we are throwing this back to you. So if you're listening to this um, on your iTunes, if you're watching this on the YouTube, simply go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rawcast. And when we post up the episode, we'll put a little reminder for you to give your feedback regarding the rawcast reaction. So we are asking questions of you, our loyal viewers. And the one that I've chosen this week regards an article that stemmed from uh, an interstate website called theraw.com.au, which uh, isn't related to Brisbane Raw, it's just a standard um, football sporting website. Mm-hmm. And it was an article by Mitchell Grimer put up last Tuesday regarding Sydney FC's plight at the moment, the fact they seem to be a little bit uh, lost at the moment. Um, you know, Farina's maybe struggling a bit, ADP's out, they've not really got any striking weapons and it was just a bit of a throwaway reference towards the end regarding um, Basar Barisha. Now uh, as is known as you can see on the screen here, Bess as it stands, uh, he's off contract at the end of this season, yep. um, end of his third with the club and it's going to be a very 
interesting scenario for the club to try to resign him. Now, at present, going into next season, we've already got 14 players contracted. Uh, then there are another five who will come off contract at the end of this season. Uh, Bess, Stefanudo, Acton, Petrados and Ferreira. So, if you want to look at that part firstly, if you're looking to try to find salary cap funds to keep Arisha in the team, well, you're not really going to find it in Acton, Petrados or Ferreira's salaries. It's obviously their young contracts, not a lot of money literally in them. Like those are the, the, the young roles are pretty interchangeable. You know, mm. those guys in your sort of your fifty to seventy thousand dollar salary cap bracket. Where I think it's gonna pivot around is whether Shane Stefanudo returns. Yep. If Shane chooses to retire, obviously it frees up that salary cap and that might be where the raw can perhaps say, well, okay, we'll take a little bit of the Shane funds that we've been paying him per year, that's suddenly been freed up. We can now put this on top of your current Wage, yeah, and hopefully that can be used as a means to get him back. And of course, it's tricky apart from that because, of course, we don't have the international marquee spot available. That was allocated to Thomas Broish for the next four years. Um, although it should be pointed out, um, irrespective, you know, of whether it was going to be Broish or Barisha, you know, someone was going to miss out. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we can't put both under, you know, a, a major league soccer style designated player rule. Yeah. But um, either way, you know, we're keeping a, a top player. Obviously, there's that domino effect. And as it stands at the moment, the salary cap is stretched. And a quick little thing that I just want to make mention, which I sort of worked out the other day. Um, now, of course, George Lambatoridis is out injured for the season. And there's been a lot of talk about when the injury cover might be enabled. Now, here's my theory of what I think is going to happen. Let's just say, for example, George is on, and we're just working on an arbitrary figure here, let's just say he's on $60,000 for a year, which is a good price for a young player, a little bit more than your, than your league minimum. Now, obviously, if you're trying to replace him early in the season, a 27-game season, you're probably only going to get a similar, you know, under-20-year-old, minimal-experienced um, project player, which maybe doesn't help us. Now, you wait until the middle of the season. Suddenly, you're talking, say, 10 to 13 games to go. You've still got that $60,000 injury cover cap there. Then what basically it says is is that instead of signing a $60,000 guy to play a 27-game campaign, you can ask someone, okay, well, here's $60,000 to play 10 games. So suddenly, you can start attracting these guys who might be paid... A hundred, hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for a full season, and say, "Well, here's a decent wad of cash. You only need to play half the season, and you come in as Lambatoridis's injury cover." Mm. So that's where perhaps um, in the back half of the season, our striking stocks might be uh, might be resolved. And keep in mind, Mulvey has said he does want to keep spots open for that back half of the year. So I think, I think there's no doubt in my mind, we will use a spot for the second half of the season in the same way we did with Neeland and Lushtika. And yeah, I think it's a very smart idea. Keep in mind as well that we still do have a transfer period coming up, mm. you know, so we have to look at it that way. Yeah. So so that's talking about sort of best from from letting everyone know where, where things sort of sit. Now, if you go to the next section, and it's really quite interesting when I was doing the research regarding Sydney FC for next year. And the reality is, is that whereas Brisbane pretty much have all their pieces in place for this year, next year, and a few years and beyond, 
Sydney really ha- seem to be just redeveloping their squads year after year. Of course, the big name that could make all the difference is um, their current import, the marquee of the A-League, Alessandro Del Piero. End of this season, he's out of contract. End of the season, he may retire. Now, if that happens, frees up an import spot at Sydney and also frees up the marquee spot, which could be very attractive um, as far as the amount of money that Sydney FC could offer best to come down. It could be substantially more than a deal that Brisbane could uh, be able to afford under the salary cap. Also, as well, there'll be another two import spots available. Uh, Yairo Yao, who's on loan to Sydney from his Panamanian club, that deal will end. Plus, their defender, Thiago Calvano, is only on contract for this season, so that's a few more import spots. Um, and obviously, they got rid of Boschart. Another aspect as well, which is interesting, is uh, Sydney FC have two attacking players that come off contract at the, at the end of this year, two possible retirement targets as well, with Brett Emerton and Richard Garcia. Now, again, assuming that the money they're on is pretty sweet, again, if that frees up you know, more salary cap room that Sydney can put a bit of a mega deal for, for best together, makes it very interesting. You've also got the Rado factor as well. And, of course, Rado was the one when um, Dario was playing at Armenia Bielefeld over in the Bundesliga Zwei. Zwei? Is that the word? Yeah, Zwei. Zwei. That's the word. In the uh, Bundesliga 2. Um, when he sort of found Borussia sort of knocking yeah. around, thought he'd be a good recommendation for Ange. Now, personally... I don't know if Bess would, would move to Sydney just because of Rado. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's 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 very noble, but there's no real connection for him to do so. Yeah. Um, now, what I've also did, done a bit of research as well is some other possible off-contract targets, because then this also changes not only who Sydney could chase, but then even who could chase Bess. Now, Shane Smeltz, Marco Flores, Paul Eiffel, and I put a bit of a wild card in here, Rio Nagai from Perth Glory. Now, those are all guys who are off contract at the end of the year. In the case of Rio Nagai, that's the end of his loan deal with Perth it's Glory. It's a loan deal, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, but certainly, you know, if you're talking about the possibility of opening up um, either import spots or maybe salary cap space, and maybe maybe perhaps not Smeltz or Nagai too much, because obviously I can't really see Bess go to Perth, Weirder things happen, I know. Um, now, Flores could be quite interesting. If you could imagine, perhaps, the Mariners, if they can't keep Flores, maybe if McBreen retires, and if the Mariners have another good campaign, yeah. would the allure of ACL football, would the allure of a, a city culture in Gosford that gives best that same sort of family environment like Brisbane be attractive for him? And then with the Eiffel factor with uh, Wellington, you know, would playing... Uh, you know, maybe under Ernie Merrick be a good challenge for Bess as well. And don't forget, uh, and again, if Sydney um, maybe don't make a run for Bess, they can make a run for those players yep. themselves. Yep. A few overseas targets as well. Now, uh, Alex Brosk is off contract with uh, Alain over in the UAE at the end of the year. Um, they're about mid-table at the moment. It's very early days uh, in that league. Now, the Joel Griffiths one, when I wrote about this, this was just before the final round of the Chinese Super League that took place on Sunday. Joel Griffiths' side, Qingdao Janun, uh, was relegated. Mm. 
and as normally the case in the Chinese Super League, um, it's not very uncommon that as soon as a team gets relegated, well, bye bye Achille Imports, just stripped, yeah. strip them down, yeah. you know, sign a bunch of new guys. And keep in mind as well, I think some imports also go over there and put relegation clauses in. Yeah. But at the same point, you know, Chinese football is very much. You know, we will spend the money to bring you in, and we'll spend the money to get rid of you. Yeah, there's yep. just that much going around. And um, Josh Kennedy, now I've been trying to find information to see if or how lo- much longer he's still on contract for Nagoya Grampus. Um, I think Kennedy would be a fantastic signature for Sydney FC. Yeah. And having said that, he's played very well for Nagoya, and Nagoya themselves have played very well as a team. And Maybe we certainly- could take Josh Kennedy. Uh, no, we couldn't because we've already got an Australian marquee, and I can guarantee you Josh Kennedy's make money, money, make money, money, money. Exactly, yeah. And he plus, um, obviously, Kennedy will want to get to the World Cup and get to the Asian Cup. Yeah. And at the moment, he's certainly not out of favour with Nagoya. He's been able to deliver consistently for them, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be great to see him back. And there's no reason to say that after the Asian Cup in 2015 that that's a possibility, but for yep. the moment, unlikely. Now, here's the last one. And boy, was I, I was pulling this out of my ass at this stage. Okay, I was doing a bit of research. Now, the player agency that Basart is part of is a company called JB Sports to Business. You can Google it, you can find them online. They've got a very basic website, it's pretty good. And I was looking through whom they've got under their clientele. They've got a lot of A-League players. They've got Dario Vitasic, Archie Thompson, um, uh, Hoffman. Um, I'm trying to think of else. They've got a couple of forwards. Uh, they've got Langerak and Birgitti. Mm. And then you start looking at a few of the international players. They've actually got Roque Santa Cruz, former... Um, he was with Blackburn Rovers, and he's now playing for Malaga. They've got, actually, uh, his younger brother as well. But I was trying to look and say, well, you know, imagine that you're the agent... And maybe you're saying to Brisbane or Sydney, well, okay, you're not going to get Bess. Whom would I recommend? There's a player on their books by the name of Nando Raphael. Now, he came from Fortuna Dusseldorf, um, where, of course, Robbie Cruz came from. And Robbie Cruz is also on the books of this uh, agency company as well. Now, Nando was playing for Fortuna. He's just been playing uh, the second half of the season with Chinese Division One side Henan Jianye which was actually the team that pinched Marco Flores from Adelaide. Now, Nando is um, 29 years old. He's an Angolan German. Um, he scored a couple of goals in the Chinese um, Division 1, so could be a name you could hear out for. Yeah, a roughie. Mm. There you go, a dark horse. Yeah, so, I guess, uh, yeah so, so, so now we've sort of put all that information in front of you. Well, okay, well, let me throw it to you, Chad. I've just been gas-bagging for the last couple of minutes. Yep. So what do you feel about the situation? Like, are there, like, what should we be looking out for? What are your thoughts in general? I guess when it comes to Bess, Bess is Brisbane. Brisbane is Bess, you know. It's yep. hard to imagine such a cult figure like Bess. He's kind of almost the polar opposite of Broich. And it's kind of the yin and the yang. You think about uh, foreigners who have made an impact at, at Brisbane, um, and you really can't go past... Uh, Broich and, and Bess. Um, uh, yeah, it'd be a travesty to see him lose, and I don't uh, lose him, and I don't think we will lose him. I think um, from the way that, that Sean Dobson's talking, we'll be able to retain his services. Um, I guess it's having the one international spot really limits us because we have Broich 
on a contract for yep. a long time. Yep. Basically, and that's going to be sorry, your, international marquee. You're yeah, saying? International yes, marquee, yes, yes, yes. Not just international. Not spot, not just yeah. the import spots. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's early days. I can't see him going to Sydney. Mm. Could you see him going to? Well, actually, actually we may well see him going overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you mm. pose the questions, and yeah. I can't see him well, going to another A League club. But I'd like to see mm. if he does move, um, that he goes overseas. And I suppose that's an interesting sort of question as well. With as good as Bassart and Thomas have been, I'm really surprised that we've heard absolutely nothing regarding transfer speculation from international clubs. Yeah, I mean, you go to you know rumor mills of all the other A League teams and. You know, before you know it, um, you know, Aziz Bayic is going to Turkey and um, Ilo Babalj is off to uh, Red Star Belgrade and Matt Ryan's off to lower club um, Belgium. You know, and you're sort of thinking, well, surely someone has come calling for Bess and Thomas, yeah. you know. I mean, I mean, Adelaide, I mean, you know, Marco Flores wins a Johnny Warren medal with Adelaide, gets pinched by a budding Chinese Super League team. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I would almost be offended if no one's come calling for Thomas or... Um, Bess or indeed any other of our players apart from Manny McKay when we sold him off to Rangers initially. Yep. Mm. So now that you've heard all that, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to sort of throw these questions at you. So, as we said, get on the Facebook, think about it. Mm-hmm. So, here are the three questions that I've got, or indeed any feedback you have regarding the idea. Does Brisbane have the necessary cap space to make a run at Bess? The next one, how far should we chase to keep Bess? And I'm talking how far, perhaps say, like a percentage above what you think he's being paid now, do you think we should go? So if you're thinking, well, I'll guess he say 250, and if someone says, well, do you make a play for 350? I personally would. I, I think that would be, I think he's definitely got that right, and I think what the value brings to the team mm. is worth spending that kind of, of dough. And the third one is a bit of a theoretical, and this could be good because we've got a very smart raw cast audience. People do seem to have a lot of interest of a lot of different leagues around the world. If we can't get Bess, if we can't retain him for next season, which soon-to-be targets from around the A-League and around the world should we chase? Mm. I'm sure someone is going to pose a very good... Uh, well, all of those people European. that, we, that we, we named there, but also... And that's yeah. just the research I did. And, but, and the, but yeah, certainly picking up some, some more obscure European targets. Yeah, or good. maybe a, maybe like a, a really good, affordable J-League player. I mean, personally, I'd love to get a Yuya Osako from Kashima Antlers, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Weird a lot things. of good Japanese players out mm. there. I think we'd, both of us would be excited at. Yeah. Now, I tell you what, that was the, uh, the broadcast reaction. So mm. make sure you check that out, um, and have a bit of a think about our questions. We'll post them up later as well, and we'll ask your responses, and we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that next week. We'll yeah. It up. And then moving ahead for future weeks, if you've got any ideas for like maybe topics to discuss that Yep. That, that could become future broadcast reactions. Please throw them in the comments field. Absolutely. Now, moving through the last few sections very rapidly, the quick fire five. Paul Woolcott has asked, which one of the young guys coming through has impressed you the most this year and why? Keep in mind, it's a quick fire five. Dimitri Petrados, very impressed with his attack. There you go. Um, Your answer? Young guys. Uh, I don't have a clue. I Brown because he um, because he filled in for Steph and he's you know he's, he's got a head on his shoulders. And, and he had a great preseason. There you go. In what way do you believe the Den can improve the active support match day atmosphere by Jackson Edmonds? 
the tricky thing is we need to find a better way to get the amplified sound through the stands. Yeah. A mega, like, I mean, Dutchy, who does the Kappa work, does a great job. It, it's, we want to point out, it's something that has been discussed at the moment amongst the actual, um, the actual match day group. So we are certainly looking at ways to improve what's been a pretty yeah. good system thus far. The bays at Suncorp are pretty big, so, so it's going to be about noise amplification and how to make everyone hear the chants a bit more clearly cool. to get them involved. And with that as well, I think uh, looking at bringing back the, the mega megaphone, the uh, the bigger one as mm. well, um, and it's a matter of weeding out um, passengers in 332. Mm. How are you going to go and do that? I don't yeah. have a clue. Probably need a little bit more support from the club in regards to that. I, I don't know if it's really so much weeding out passengers. Uh, I mean, surely... If people are in that section, they really should feel the want to join in. Yeah. It seems a bit weird. But it's not the case. But people are being sold tickets who don't. Belong. Yeah, I know. Basically. Uh, Luke Bratton is improving every game. Do you think an overseas move could come up at the end of season's end by Warren Betts? And I would say season's end and potentially mid-year as well. I'm going to say no. No, I can't. I think uh, Bratton is improving, but I think he would do well with another year or two here with us. Definitely. Uh, is Enrique still the slippery, slippery fish by Christopher Borgowski? Well, so a couple of goals. Can't yeah, get exactly. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. He's, he is Bilequina. He's, he's the man. And Warren Betts again. Is Matt Smith a golden boot chance? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no. But if more of our defenders can keep scoring goals, I will not complain one iota. <laughs> nah, there we go. And I'll tell you what, from the predictions last week, um, Western Sydney Wanderers won 2-1. Uh, the first Brisbane goal scorer was Enrique. It was a result of 3-0. Uh, both myself and Adam got a point each because uh, I picked the correct WSW score. And, um, and if I and could, if I may, viewers, just uh, pardon the indulgence... Just see if you can see that. If you can see that, 3 0. Hopefully it's a frame, otherwise it's a very awkward exchange, but that's a pretty impressive. I hate to brag, but I'll take it where I can. There you go. Um, and uh, moving on from that, uh, we'll go through Dave's predictions. Um, Melbourne Heart versus WSW will be a, a one all draw, says Dave. Uh, he says Broich to score first and Brisbane to defeat Central Coast Mariners 2 1. Okay. What's yours? Okay, my predictions for this round. I'm I'm tipping a shellacking Friday night. I'm tipping the Wanderers to really launch themselves into contention. Wanderers 4, Hart nil. Yep. Uh, Brisbane score? I'm tipping on Rico to score first. Yep. And now comes the controversial moment, and this is where we lose viewers and people start hating me. I am going to tip a Mariners win. There you go. What's the margin? 2-1. Two, one. Two, I, one. I think the return of McBreen... It's, it's a tricky situation. You've got a great forward in McBreen, but we've got a great defence. Our attack's looking a little sceptical, but they've got Justin Passfield in a new defensive line, so it's really who gets the advantage. And maybe it's going to be the midfield that's truly going to decide that. Yep, there you go. But Mariners in the home field. My predictions are Western Sydney Wanderers to win 3-1 to one against the Hart, Brisbane Royal Football Club to win 2-0 to nil against the uh, whoever we're playing Central Coast, and Enrique to score first as well. Fantastic. There you go. That's the predictions for this week. And I'd just like to point out that uh, magazine that Adam showed up um, is the Royal Ramblings. Have a look through it. It's available on the Den uh, Facebook page as well as the Den website, which is www.the... Um, 
hyphen dan dash dot, <laughs> dash um, dot dash dan we'll, dot info. We'll, we will put it up put at the bottom of the up. screen at some point. Have a read. It's got an article from me in there. It's got chant lists on the back. It, uh, it's it's, got, it's a nice little piece of. It's got the little plug for the broadcast. It does. Okay. It's got the little thing out the back there. There we the go. Broadcast. There you go. Oh, I feel it's good. Got yeah. our name on the back there. Yeah. Excellent. And that's the show for this week. Thank you very much, Adam Coleman. Thank you very much. And don't forget, if you want to tune into the show, facebook.com slash rawcast. And on that note, thank you to everyone. Last week, we passed 200 likes. Ah, yes, 200 likes. Thank that's, you that's very much. That's pretty good. Thank, thank each you. And every single 200 of you. Mm. Um, and the Jellycast page as well, rawcast.jellycast.com. Dot com. Yes, yeah, you can subscribe like there and all that. Yeah, so. as I understand, it's a bit difficult. I apologise for that. We're looking into any we'll work it more, out. more stuff. Um, good day, sir. And a good day to you. Have a good one. Thank you.